0: Hello and welcome to Their Giants, podcast number 129. As always, I'm your host, Roger Munter. On uh, this week's episode, I got to speak with Richmond relief pitcher Evan Gates, who is uh, really just a delight to talk with, very thoughtful, uh, very engaging uh, on and off the field. Uh, so it was a really fun interview. We talked about his uh, memorable performance with Team USA this spring, we talked about um the, the way he goes about tunneling his pitches we talked about a, uh, an article about him that was out there last year really analyzing how he works um and and many other things uh so i think you'll really enjoy this uh, before we get to it of course um their giants is completely supported by our subscribers so if you want to get lots more information on the giants farm system uh, just go to theirgiants.com and you can become a monthly or yearly subscriber and with that, let's uh, let's listen to what Evan Gates has to say.
1: This is, this is not a baseball question, but so my wife's from Grand Blanc. Okay, and, no way. Uh, her sister lives in Washington, and her best friends in fashionable Ferndale. No way. So, no where way. exactly is Roseville? Where?
2: Roseville is about ten minutes north of Detroit. I say I'm ten mile in Gratiot, so <laughs> like right, right there, right in the city. Is it is it on the lake side, um, lakeside? Yep. So I can. I'm like ten minutes away, also from Lake St. Clair. Yeah, so yeah, right, yeah. In the, right in the suburbs, uh, southern Macomb, I guess is where to put it.
1: So the, I always love talking to guys from the from cold weather places. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it like as a kid trying to get into baseball? What was what was baseball weather for you when you were growing up? Baseball weather for
2: me was what we had here last night: <laughs> rainy, cold, windy, and a lot of rainouts. So you know, a lot of guys, baseball season start in February. Ours started in late March. Yeah.
1: So. How long was the season? Like when you were in high school, how long was the high season? High school
2: season, March, April, May. Like beginning of June, first we would be like the regionals uh, playoffs would start. And then summer ball from June to August.
1: Yeah. Which is the nice season up there. Yeah. The beautiful season. Did up you there. play travel ball? I did. I did. See, actually, there's like, there's like a growing group in this organization of like these north, mm. cold, cold weather guys. But it's like there's a bunch of the northeast guys. And mm. then the, you from Michigan, do you like make fun of the, the, the southern dudes when it's, oh, it's weather great. like last
2: night? It's crazy, because, I mean, even our you know our Latin players, international guys, yeah, sure. like, man, it's, it's cool seeing them adjust to it. They're all bundled up, which, <laughs> I mean, you want to stay warm, but, oh, yeah, you, you can tell the, the Cali boys compared to the <laughs> Northeast boys. There, there's a little difference. and yeah. You can see some guys, just I like throwing in this type of weather. Like guys, you really? Yeah, guys don't want to hit as much, and maybe the ball doesn't fly as further, and it does take a little toll on the body, but I, I enjoy it. That's
1: true. It's not great hitting weather, so it it's gives not. you more of an advantage. Uh, the, the, so the other group that you're part of that's all over this team is the North Carolina people. Yep. So you, you you found your way down to, to warm weather. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a huge group of North Carolinians here from like every college in the state. I feel like, dude. It's a pipeline. Do you have a little club there?
2: Um, <laughs> I I was told to go down south. That's what a good baseball is. When we got to North Carolina, I remember being with my roommates, and there's like 22 Division One baseball programs in that state alone yeah. it's it's honestly ridiculous and to see how many guys we have on our roster that are from that that area you know I, I guess they they really like those uh, the talent that that's in that state
1: what was the point for you where you started thinking that pro ball is a possibility was there was there like a point in your college career where scouts were scouting you where people were talking to you when did you think yeah I, I can keep on going at this I think
2: my first year of junior college I kind of took a little velocity jump, nothing too crazy, but I uh, didn't have to play football no more, so I was fully invested <laughs> in baseball, and uh, my sophomore year, I got a couple questionnaires from a couple teams, so that's when I really believed that I, I could do it, and then getting down to North Carolina and competing the way I did the first couple of years, and talking to scouts, and then telling me what I needed to do, and that's when I really started believing that I could come play at this level. There
1: are a lot of football guys, uh, it feels like, on the team, I mean, obviously you're a great athlete, so you're... Play all the sports you want to. What did you play when you were in football?
2: I was a quarterback. Of
1: course. Yeah. That's quarterback. The, the quarterback to, to pitcher yeah. is the classic, in, the classic. Only in classic high
2: school though. I was I was a gritty guy. I was a tight end and a linebacker, D line growing up. But then high school, they see my arm and said, "We want you to throw the ball for us." Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what was the draft process for you when you were when you were going through that? Did you did you hear from the Giants? Did you know they were interested? How did that whole process work out for
2: you? Yeah. So my uh, first. I guess real year where I was actually eligible was in 19 and the 40 round draft, nothing came about it. Um, went back to school and then that's when the five round draft happened right, right. and uh, I mean I was getting contacted from teams that they were going to take me in like the top 10 before the shutdown happened. Right. Top 10, uh, between 11 and 20, some teams say like you're a mid-20s guy. So I, I was getting a lot of buzz and you know I got shut down and mm-hmm. didn't hear much about even non-drafted free agent signs. I, uh, so it's actually crazy that that year the Giants came and watched me play, and I only hit 92 that day, and they said if I would hit 93, they would have me, but you know it was a blessing to go back to school again, and um, I was in talk with the Giants a lot. One of their um, area scouts, his son was on my team, so he, he was pulling for me for three years, and they finally gave him a chance, and, and the Giants gave me a chance, and I'm just so happy to be here.
1: That really helps to have the area does, scout yeah. around. I mean, just familiarity helps, mm-hmm. because you pick up a lot of things with a player, so, we talked a little bit in spring, obviously last year you had a, just a phenomenal year. Um, and one of the interesting things about your year was there was, a, there was a pretty in-depth article written about you, it was really about tunneling, mm-hmm. but it was about you and the success you were having and kind of digging into it. Uh, and you said a friend sent you that, when you looked at it, did it say things that you knew you were doing, that you knew were kind of past your success? or? Do you think about how you pitch differently from uh, that fairly in-depth yeah, kind yeah. of article?
2: Um, there was a couple of things in there that, you know, I think the analytics they don't show. Um, like one of my slogans for myself is like, you, you can't measure the heart of a player, yeah. and and that's what something I really take pride in, just you know, being available for my team. But when I read that article, you know, there's a lot of things in there that helped me understand. Okay, so this is why I was getting the swings and misses I was getting. This is why I can tunnel my fastball and cutter and with the knuckle curve and how it just all, all panned out to you know obviously give me a pretty decent season and, and it showed me a lot of things to work on um, this upcoming or this past off season and why it was so important to really work on my fastball command because in the article it said like if my fastball command was even a tick more or better how much it would help all my other pitches so I definitely learned a lot from that article in, uh, in our postseason meeting with my pitching coordinators here, pitching coaches. They even read it and said, hey, that was a great write-up
1: and helped us learn a little bit more about you and where we could take you going forward. How do you, like, use your fastball to set up your, your other pitches uh, when you're on the mm-hmm. mound?
2: Well, in the words of Pat Bailey, he says, just throw it down the middle. Literally, that, that's <laughs> – he said, hey, just do it. Trust me. And we just started doing that Eugene. And that's really what's been the thought process. Like, hey, if I can just throw this anywhere in the zone – it just helps. And wherever, like, I will throw that pitch and that at-bat, if I, let's say it was a high fastball, I know, okay, I can throw my breaking ball at that point, bring it down. If it was a low heater, start my breaking ball lower in the zone, break it out of the zone. So just anywhere in that box, you know, wherever the strike zone's as just try getting it in there.
1: Is So the just throw it down the middle, is that is it that it's freeing mentally for you, or, or what was it about that that kind of helped unlock it? What you were doing? I think with a little bit of the sporadic command, just by aiming down the middle,
2: mm-hmm. it would miss a little bit right, a little bit left, a little bit up, a little bit down. So it allowed me to just trust, and I mean, when I really built a good relationship with Pat, and for him to say like, "Hey, it's a good pitch, just throw it." Yeah. So like seeing him and the conviction he'd have behind uh, just sitting there to catch it, like it just allowed me to, be, like you said, be free and and just throw it, and and the results came with it.
1: That I think actually that's. Um kind of what the Rays did with Tyler Glassnow Mm -hmm. when he came down because he'd always been like, control was a problem, right? And they're like, no, just throw it in the middle of the zone, let the the movement work for you, and stop worrying about it, kind of. So you say you can't measure heart, which is true. They measure almost everything else. (laughs) Everything you do on the field uh, is measured. Do you like all that stuff? I mean, are you into, you know, the biomechanics and the, you know, perfect efficiency of spin good. and things like that um i'm, I'm, I'm in it a little bit i say a little bit more than a little bit I,
2: I think it's really good but there still has to be the liquid analytics of what you see what you feel how the game's gelling um what you might be feeling that they like, hey, this is working i know that the analytics say i shouldn't be throwing this but i i, I have conviction so i think it's, it's good for the game i think it helps guys learn who they are how to get better but there's also that uh you know, I, I really like old-timer pitching coaches that, mm-hmm. you know, just they understand the, the, the grid of the game and the grind and just how not everything's going to be just a number all the time. That You know, there is a person behind that number, you know, so.
1: Yeah. What, when you say liquid analytics, what does that term mean to you? That means to me, like, what is,
2: what's happening in-game? Um, what are we seeing? Like, I'm not going to put no names out there, but there was a World series game where the guy was not good third time through the lineup, but he was – Dealing, and they <laughs> took him out, and they ended up losing that game. It's like, hey, the next three guys he was going to face, I know it was going to be the third time, but they were 0 for six with five punches. Like, that's the liquid analytics that I think about. Like, hey, what's like all those numbers are in the past. Like, what's going on currently? Like, like where are we at?
1: Let's ride with it when we can. Well, because the thing about data is it has to come in large samples mm-hmm. to be meaningful. But in the spur of the moment, you have to make a call, right? You have to do something in short samples mm-hmm. when you're actually competing. So obviously the Giants believe in in-data, big data, and analytics. How did they kind of support the human side of the game as well?
2: Oh, they, they let, us be, uh, let us be ourselves. You know, So the data for me, they, they told me, hey, your, your breaking balls are good. Let's throw it more. So I bought into what they were saying and just to, like how much freedom they've given me to do the drills that I want to do the workouts that i want to do like like they care like hey if this is what you feel comfortable doing this is how you want to get better do it because they know that if i do get better i'm obviously helping the team helping the organization get to a spot where you know we're, we're competing in october again and hopefully bringing back some titles to the bay
1: area so obviously at this level we don't you know have maybe at any level you don't have closers anymore mm-hmm. but you have kind of taken over the the back of games you're appearing in the ninth inning mm-hmm. a lot you've got three saves you're not like Cole Waits, you're not like, you know, the huge stuff guy, big closer. How did the evolution of you into kind of the the ninth inning guy happen here, do you think?
2: See, I'm still trying to figure it out, too, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what I, uh, when I passed three years in college ball, that's what I was doing in summer ball, like I was our closer. And I love the ninth inning. There, there's nothing better than watching my guys go out for eight and a half innings. Doing everything they can to put us in a chance to win, and I get to come in and help us seal the deal. But it definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to come in here and be finishing games as much as I have, especially because you know last year's pitch here year, set up guys like Cole Waits or Nick right. Avila, Clay Helvey. So uh, I'm definitely embracing it. it. It's it's really fun. I mean, there's there, there's no better time to be in a game than the last inning and, and to just seal the deal. And like I said, let the uh, boys come in the locker room and then have a good time and celebrate a victory.
1: So that's always a big you know, point of controversy on, on, on internet baseball conversation is the ninth inning different? Or does it doesn't matter where you pitch. Are the last three outs special outs? They are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear the strike zone gets smaller and no one wants to be the last out in a game. Right. And, and I just feel like guys are they're, they're, they're a little bit more locked in. Maybe they've had four at-bats that right. game so now they're seeing a little bit better. Um, I believe at night time there's no more batter's eye glare so they're seeing everything mm-hmm. true and um, crowd gets a little ants here so those those outs are definitely a little bit tougher to get but that's when you just got to bear down and you know trust the work ethic and and trust the eight guys that are behind you to to make plays when you need to
1: so how are you feeling at this point you you came up to double a obviously the end of last year now you're kind of back here again this is a they always say this is the biggest jump because you've got guys who have a lot of experience you've got some guys who've been in the major leagues That, that lineup last night had Three people have been in the majors last night. you got people with thousands of at bats. How are you feeling that you're adjusting to this level at this point? I think
2: pretty well so far, but it helps when we have guys here that men may, may have been up at the highest level but you know they just seen how guys do things like I, I learned a lot from Avila last year uh-huh. um, you know, he's just a mature dude and he, he goes about his business the right way. And I think also myself being a little older, and just sticking to, you know, my routine and understanding that, yeah, this was the biggest jump. And I, I understood that coming in, but, you know, just, it's still the same game. It's still the same ball, same same distance. Um, and just understanding, like, hey, these guys have experience. And then now using those couple weeks that I had last year as experience, too. Like, all right, well, hey, I, I've been here before. So um, really just working on that uh the experience part like you said you got guys like last night that guy's a 13-year veteran he was up there and we right. talked about how he stole second base and i just made the joke i'm like well he is a 13-year vet so <laughs> um there definitely is a jump you know you got a lot of uh, high prospects in this level a lot of guys jump double a right to right to the show so um it's it's definitely cool being around and you know you got to bring your best stuff every day because you know everyone else is on our side and their side
1: well one of the cool things about being in a in a competitive sport, a results-based business, is it doesn't really matter whether you're a big prospect or not. You can move fast if you perform, which is what you've been doing the last year plus. You have gone a long way from low A to to double A. Uh, you got to feel pretty good about kind of where you where you've been over the last 12, 14 months.
2: Oh, I, I do. It's something I don't take lightly. You know, the fact that I'm even here and that they gave me a chance, uh, it's just it's just such a blessing. And to play with the guys I got to play with, and, you know, just you know, this game is very humbling. Um, I, I learned that the hard way in college, so it's like never trying to get too up here, just being the same guy every day and trying to be a good teammate. So on days I'm not pitching, like, how, how can I serve my guys? And anyway, but it's, it's definitely definitely been awesome that, you know, they told me, fill up the strike zone, use your stuff. And I guess if you just pitch the game that they want you to pitch, they're, they're giving me opportunities to do some cool things and travel the country, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, very fortunate.
1: Okay, well, I can't let you go. Speaking of being a teammate can't let you go before you tell me about being a teammate of uh, Arenado and oh. Goldschmidt and Mookie Betts. Uh, what was that experience like, pitching for Team USA? It was uh, it was like a video game. I've
2: said that a couple times. and It's just funny because my teammates, you know, they'd play Diamond Dynasty and MLB to show and literally half the lineup that they'd have in the video game, I was in the field with those guys. And uh, I think me, me and Haynes had a great conversation. He's like, like, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you went out there. And, like You like you're in that time. And it's just like, it, it was so surreal. I still can't even grasp it. Like to like today, thinking about it. Um, and in fact I got the pitch too, going out there and making a joke with those guys. And it, it was just I, I learned a lot. Talked to a lot of guys, and they. Uh, it felt like those uh, like like Wayne Wright. He's a veteran and took me under his wing. Talked to me in the dugout for a couple innings. I mean, you know, I'm I'm the minor leaguer amongst a bunch of superstars, and he made me feel like I was part of the team just for that night. And uh, it was it was. Definitely probably the coolest thing that, that I'll do all
1: year. That was pretty special. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, game recognizes game. Like, yeah, you're not you're a minor leaker, but you're also a guy who competes in the same game mm-hmm. they, they compete in, right? And, it's like, it's natural for them to, to talk to you and help you out as you can. Uh, what was the most, I mean, talking to Wayne Wright probably is it, but what was, like, the most special memory you take away from that?
2: Oh, that's tough. Oh. There's there's maybe two. The, the first one is just making all of them laugh when I got to the uh right got to the mound. I seen all them chuckle. My buddy's like, What'd you say? I was like, Well I told him to unlock characters here. Finish any. Um I think giving up a couple hits, you know, on some some blue jobs is helped me learn like hey you gotta be come out and gotta be ready whenever it is. Don't like don't let the moment get too big. But I'm definitely the conversations with Wayne Wright. Like asking him like how he keeps his faith in baseball, her faith while in the baseball season and being a good teammate and you know, and all things along those lines and, and just how, how to pitch, you know, because he's been doing it for many years, and he gave me some, some good advice that I'm definitely going to hold on to and use to give back to the kids I train in the wintertime too.
1: Well, it's been fun following you so far. I can't wait to see how things go this year. Good cool. luck. Thank you, Rob.
0: Appreciate all right. it. And that is it for episode number 129, a little bit on the shorter side of this week. Uh, I'll be back next week with some more Giants prospect content, as always, uh, and keep following along at the website for, for daily updates and reports. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week.